Welcome back to Carl and Lowry, episode number 158. We are back a day late. Um, you know, I had a busy exam schedule this week, but I'm back. I'm ready to discuss everything that has gone down in the wild world of sports over the past week, virtually alongside my co-host, Sam Carter. Sam, how are things up on the mountain on uh, what was a, a very chilly weekend? Um, yeah, chilly weekend, chilly weekend, uh, you know, but we're 51 right now. 51 degrees. Nice. Uh, all the snow has melted. It's raining. Um, I mean, I, I have to say I prefer the snow over the the dreary weather that we have right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of warming up here on the East Coast. It's it's a nice, let's, let's see, 31 degrees here in Hanover today. Um, but a very chilly weekend. Had some, some negative lows, some wind chills uh, near negative 20, so... Certainly a, a frightening uh, temperature scale this past weekend. But, Sam, we're going Boone for this opening question. Give me – you're walking into the Mass General Store. Mm-hmm. What What is going to stimulate your interest the most out of the candy section? Which candy that's kind of unique to that that store really is like that's what I'm going for? Um, I mean, it's got to be something sour. Uh, that's just – that's, That's just how way. I'm feeling, particularly right. right now. Okay. Um, I mean, it's got to be like those sour straws or like the. It's not. It's like a spaghetti shape. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, That's what I'm going with. But it's, it's sour. A, yeah, but it's sour. Um, I'm going with the gummy frogs. Um, mm. they're not the official Haribo kind. I, they're very good. I like the like the white gummy stuff on the bottom, but you can't eat a lot of those. That's like ultimate, like make you want to throw up if you eat too many of those. Yeah, like you, that's a, that's a very slippery. It's slip. a belly ache. You get you get going quickly down, and it's 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 difficult to recover from. Well, with that being said, unfortunately, Sam, it's over now. We we're not even gonna we're not even gonna start with any you know college football. It's disappointing. But then again, we had an incredible weekend of NFL football. Starting at the top, the Ravens absolutely pick apart the Texans 34-10 to 10 in the first game. The San Francisco 49ers survive against the Green Bay Packers in an extremely tight game down the stretch. Jordan Love throws away the game on a potential game-tying drive. The Lions get a win um, over the Buccaneers as they defend the home turf and the Chiefs win Chiefs Bills version three um, in Buffalo this time. Um, Sam, let's, I, this is a kind of an ethical question I'm going to ask you here. So the, here is the thinking uh, from the Buccaneers. They're down 14. They score a touchdown. They're saying, let's go for two the first time so that if we get it, we can just kick the extra point and, and win the game. Or if they don't get it, they still have a chance to tie the game if they score another touchdown. What are your thoughts on the doubling up on the extra on the two point conversions instead of waiting until the end to go for two and just kind of the strategy there? Um I mean I guess it doesn't really matter. It it didn't end up mattering. I mean because they throw an interception. But, you know, I mean I guess if you get it, then you look like a genius. But if you don't get it, then you kind of look like a moron. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's I think it's you gonna, wait till the second. That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting strategy. And, I mean, obviously you don't want to play, you know, overtime on the road. So, like, who knows, even if they get another touchdown, if since they had gone for two, they would have had to go for two and then play an overtime period in Detroit's mm-hmm. building. So, it is what it is. But now let's turn our attention uh, to the conference championships. Uh, I think we got two very intriguing games. The Detroit Lions making just their second um, NFC championship appearance, their last, all the way back in 1992, so 32 years ago, Barry Sanders and company. They'll be traveling to San Francisco, um, 6.30 on Fox, uh, to play the 49ers. We look at the vulnerability, Sam. Um, we're going to start you off with the picks. Um, let's go one at a time. We'll take turns. Um, who do you like in this NFC championship? Um, and do you feel like the Lions have a chance to advance to their first Super Bowl? Or do you feel like Christian McCaffrey and you know that high-powered San Francisco offense is going to be too much? Um, I mean, I think – Detroit has shown all season that they can keep up with these, you know, quote unquote, better teams. Um, So I think that they do have a chance. So I'm going to go with Detroit. I think that they are absolutely on the NFC side, the team to beat. Um, I mean, uh, you know, you look at the 49ers, it kind of looks like they're on their heels. Um, So this is definitely – uh, the situation Detroit wants to be in. Um, so yeah, I, I got the Lions. Um, I have to I have to go the other way here. I'm I'm gonna be rooting for the Lions, but I feel like it's just it's the on the road factor. I think that Detroit yeah. has looked very good, but their fans I mean they haven't seen a playoff game in in so long, and so I think the energy that's in Detroit really you know lifted them over the top in those in previous two. Games, but you know we'll see. I think, like you mentioned, you know the 49ers are really on their heels um, in that divisional round, and you know the Packers probably should have won that game. And that would have been crazy. We we could have gotten the divisional matchup in the yeah. NFC Championship, and it would have been in Detroit. But regardless, I think it'll be a fun one. Um, and now we turn to the AFC, where we have. Two of, I mean, uh, probably the two highest profile quarterbacks in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, this time in Baltimore. Um, you know, the Chiefs escape after a missed field goal by Buffalo in the divisional round. And we got the Ravens coming off that, you know, very impressive win against the Texans. Sam, your pick as, you know, the Ravens have looked kind of unstoppable over the past few weeks. Or is Patrick Mahomes just too much to overcome? in the AFC Championship game? Um, what I look at here is the the bye. I mean, uh, the Ravens have played half as many playoff games as the, um, as the Chiefs. As the Chiefs. Exactly. And, you know, I would say that that plays a factor for San Francisco, too, but they struggled in that game against Green Bay. Uh, the Ravens did not struggle – in the slightest. So uh, it almost looks like two straight bye weeks for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Um, The Ravens are going to be better prepared. And so I got to go with Baltimore in this one. I'm going to go against you again. And here's why I think the pressure in this game is on Baltimore. I think despite the fact that the chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions, 
you know, I feel like they're kind of playing with a little bit of reckless abandon. You know, there's there's not as much, you know, they feel like they have to win. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that Mahomes has the experience for sure. I think, you know, the Ravens are the be- they're the most talented team in the National Football League. There's no doubting that. But it'll be interesting. Another week of Taylor Swift. We got to see her a lot. You know, Kelsey scored two touchdowns in that Buffalo game. Um, so, I mean, they show her after anyone scores. That's true. Realistically. I can't take it anymore. I mean, I'm not like a Taylor Swift hater or anything, but I, I can't take it. I'm I'm sick of seeing it. I, she's not on the field. I mean, come on now. If only – I mean, only I can only imagine what it will be like if she – is present Super Bowl. That will be that will be just insanity. Uh, it, it will be. I think that's that's the prop bet that I'm looking at the most. Over under Taylor time on the television. How long is her face on the television screen? Like I, I think it, it it could be around five minutes of the of the television. five minutes would be insane. You got a pregame like there's gonna be like a whole shot. And yeah, that's be like true. A, a story. I don't know. We'll just speculate that about, you know, speculate that later. But Sam, go with the Lions and the Ravens, and I'm going the other way. I got the Niners and the Chiefs, which will be a rematch of Super Bowl 54. Well, uh, let's turn our attention to the NBA. Uh, not a whole lot going on in the standings. Looking pretty uh, mundane at this point. Um, unfortunately, though, we have to say goodbye to Scary Terry. Terry Rozier traded away to the Miami Heat exchange for Kyle Lowry, who will probably be bought out in a first-round pick. Sam, your thoughts on the legacy of Terry Rozier in Charlotte? And uh, Mitch Kupchak, Hornets general manager, saying, you know, we're moving towards uh, further rebuilding and really breaking things down and sticking with Brandon Miller and LaMelo Ball as the cornerstones of this franchise moving forward. Uh, I think this is a bad move. Um, when I saw it, I was kind of flabbergasted. I just think you know, what we did to get Terry Rozier, get rid of one of the best Hornets players ever in Kimball Walker to get Terry Rozier, which at the time looked like a terrible move. Uh, I think we ended up winning that trade. Yeah, 100%. Undoubtedly. And, you know, I feel like Terry Rozier was almost the corner piece of this team, um, despite – you know, maybe LaMelo Ball being the more flashy player, um, which, you know, can you count on him staying is the question. Uh, whereas yeah. I think Terry Rozier was definitely a more countable player. Um, so sad to see him go. Um, uh, you know, it's just it, this is another instance of the Hornets chasing that has been player. Uh, no disrespect to Kyle Lowry, but. I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah, we'll have to see if he sticks around, but I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's Lamelo's got three years after this after he signed the extension, so he's going to be around for this this terrible stretch here. I think getting a, a high pick in the next draft is key. That's really going to be important. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out, but regardless, you know, it's it's sad to see him go. Um, do you want to mention, though, we had some highlights on Monday. Um, you know, we got Joel Embiid and Carlton Towns going off on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game. Joel goes for 70 against the Spurs. Cat goes for 62 
against the Hornets, but the Hornets prevail, Sam. And Timberwolves mm. coach, you know, after the game, he's all like, this is selfish basketball because he shot two for ten in the fourth quarter. Your thoughts on chasing a, you know, like a super high point total, and it was that selfish or should Cat have kept shooting? Just your thoughts there. Uh, I mean, they lost, so I think that that kind of just answers your question. Um, I'm all like, I'm all in for the for the team basketball. That's why I like college basketball more. Um, so I think that I think that you know you dish the rock if you're shooting two for ten. Yeah, I mean. It's uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to say. Um, you know, I would have liked to see him go for something, you know, crazy. But hey, the Hornets got the win, and actually had their first winning week in a long time. They went two and one this week. Also picked up a win against the San Antonio. Did Spurs. I predict that? You did. Yeah, I, Sam Carter did predict that. I just he's he's just a genius. What what can I say? Well, now we turn our attention to another hectic week of. College basketball this week, we saw Memphis lose twice, Kansas lost to West Virginia, and Duke lost on Saturday against Pitt at home. UConn and UNC survive on Saturday, uh, UNC with that survival at Boston College, and then they come back home. Archer Davis puts up 36 points in a 21-point win against the Demon Deacons. Other national scores, BYU takes down Iowa State last Tuesday, Connecticut um, locks up Creighton 62-48 on last Wednesday. And then on Saturday, uh, Iowa State edged out TCU. Texas Tech stays hot beating BYU. And Auburn, uh, you know, they uh, continue their rise to the top, as so it seems, uh, on Saturday with an 82-59 win against Mississippi. And then last night, we see Kentucky go down to South Carolina. And South Carolina now is 15-3. and so they're on the rise. Um, next week, not a whole lot of ranked action. Um, both these games coming on Saturday, Kansas at Iowa State and Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Um, but, Sam, uh, let me address, excuse me, the ever-important top four tracker, uh, North Carolina at the top, perfect 8-0. Um, they play uh, Florida State on Saturday and then Georgia Tech next Tuesday. So they're going to try to keep it going. I mean, I don't want to call anything out, but I think this this Chapel Hill team has a, has a chance to to you know run it up in terms of uh, you know an undefeated start. Florida State has continued to play strong there at six and two. Uh, Duke with the loss is now down to five and two in third spot, uh, tied with NC State, who's still playing solidly at five and two. Uh, looking at the bracketology. Uh, North Carolina's at the one C line, Duke's at the four C line, Clemson at the five C line, and Miami in that first four spot at the twelve C line. Well, Sam, uh, let's just talk about it. it. It's it's plain and clear that you know this North Carolina team is legitimate. You know they they got a huge win, um, the comeback on Monday um, against uh, Wake Forest. You know they were down one point at halftime. Um, do you feel? that this team, you know, maybe they don't have the highest ceiling. Do you feel that this team is good enough that if, you know, they make it to the final four and have this, you know, very good seat, you know, a great season, so to speak, that they can erase kind of the legacy they left behind after being ranked number one and falling so far 
last year? Um, totally. Uh, I think that, you know, you look at what I look at or remember is that Virginia lost to UMBC turn around and win the national championship. If you're a Virginia fan, you, you really think more of the national championship, obviously, than you would the, the loss to the 16 seed. Right. Um, so I think that the good times will always be remembered more than the bad. Um, and I mean, you know, it's hard to answer your question at this point because we don't know what's going to happen. But right. I think that um, I think that a a good end to this season, not even necessarily ending with an ACC or national championship, uh, could kind of put uh, last season in the back seat. Yeah, and I mean, I just want to quickly mention, uh, even though there's not a lot of action this weekend, next weekend, February the third will be. I'm, I'm declaring it. Dean Lowry's National College Basketball Day. It is ESPN triple header. Listen to this, Sam. First up, I'm listening. Four thirty, Houston, Kansas. So the battle for the Big Twelve supremacy there. Um, Kansas is kind of, and they've kind of slipped. I, I mean, they, they, that was mm-hmm. a bad loss at West Virginia. West Virginia is eight and eleven. That's a bad loss. Um, but Houston, you know, they still have a, a chance to be a one seed, and then. The premier matchup, obviously, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, Duke, North Carolina at 6.30. And then late night after that, 9 p.m., uh, Tennessee at Kentucky in a battle for the SEC. Interesting, though, now, since Kentucky has added a loss, if Kentucky is able to kind of outlast Tennessee, does the SEC still get a one seed? Because we have to assume that Purdue will get a one seed and that um, – Connecticut, I mean, those those teams are pretty much – I feel – I don't know how you feel, Sam. I feel like at this point those teams are locks. Like unless I mean, there's a really lot of season the left, but yeah. Right. But I feel like those two teams, I can say pretty confidently, they're going to be one seeds. And so the question really becomes, will a strong candidate emerge from the Big 12 and the SEC to dethrone North Carolina or Duke? I mean, I think Duke getting a one seed would be difficult just because they've had some really like, poor losses. I mean, the loss at, at Arkansas was a terrible. Um, but, you know, to lose, you know, at home against Pitt, who's 2-5 and five in the ACC, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough road for them. But I think, I, I think our, our prediction a couple weeks ago still stands. that North Carolina has to go like 18-2 and two in the ACC. But they want that one seed. I mean, they, they're on that path now, but. They have to keep the momentum going, and this is going to be a really, I think, a testing game um, here at Florida State. I was at the first matchup in Chapel Hill, and Florida State, they got some dudes. They got some big, you know, athletic wings that can, you know, just tear you apart. So interesting to see, you know, North Carolina, they went to the press in the second half to beat Florida State. Will Heber Davis implement that. Um, Sam, you made your final four prediction last week. Um, kind of any changes you'd like to make or any any bold declarations you have as we're about a month and a half away from Selection Sunday. Okay, so my, what was my final four? I think you had, I said, you had North Carolina, yeah, uh, Connecticut, Purdue, and then 
Kentucky? I think Kentucky. Did I have Connecticut? I think I said Kansas, not Connecticut. Okay, yeah, I you, think you're correct. At this point, I would swap Kansas with Connecticut. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, my my final four is it's looking strong. I mean, Wisconsin took a tough loss against Penn State. Yeah, uh, I saw that right after that was, you predicted. I think they was, lost that night. They did, uh, yeah, that Tuesday night, and that that's really a blow. I, I still like that team. I know. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine. And he's he's from he's from Madison, and he's always got this you know Wisconsin beanie on. So he's kind of my my Wisconsin basketball plug, and he's like. Man, do not believe in them. Like they're they're not going to do it. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about Kansas either. I feel like they're very upset prone. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. It's difficult. But I think we have a an excellent a couple weeks from now. That's Saturday. Yeah. I mean, that's like if you are a college basketball fan, like you just want to sit in front of the TV for six hours and watch that. I mean, it's it's something special. But Sam, kind of your final thoughts. Oh. You guys on the side? I said Houston, not Purdue. Okay. Because I can't stand Purdue. I couldn't stand okay. Purdue in a Final Four. So I okay. think I did say Houston. I think I'm going to keep that. I think they look good. I mean, that loss to UCF was kind of out of the blue. But, I mean, they only have two losses. I mean, they're ranked fourth. They don't they don't have quite the best resume. But yeah, I think that um, they have a very good chance of getting a one seed. They got to beat Kansas, though. They they gotta go they gotta go to the the fog fog Allen Fieldhouse and they gotta get it done because if they don't I don't know best conference best conference in America uh, you can't see my air quotes but uh, the Big Twelve <laughs> doesn't get a one seed you know what, what can I say what yeah I say? well that's about all we got uh, for you Sam any kind of final thoughts on the NFL the NBA the uh, the world as it stands. I, I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Um, we're going back in time. Okay. Okay, so Pistol Pete, you know Pistol, Pistol Pete. Pete. Yeah. Should have gone to NC State. Right. Follows his dad to – I'm not going to say this college because it's part of the trivia question. So his dad, Press Maravich, known more as a coach, what okay. four colleges did he coach at? Pistol Pete or his dad? His dad. Oh, I I have no idea. I mean, I'm going to guess LSU. Okay, LSU is one. So. Because that's where Pistol Pete went. Um, is, it, is his name Buddy Maravich? Is that what his name is? Press was his Press. nickname. Huh. Okay, an LSU coach, they're gonna, they're gonna, I feel like they're going to stay in the southeast. So don't tell me if I'm wrong. Here's my answer. I'm going with I'm gonna go with Texas. Okay. I'm gonna go with hmm. I'm gonna go with Texas. Texas A and M. They had a good they had a good program in the sixties. And I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. Okay. A crucial piece of information might help you change your answers. Um so my granddad taught at Broughton High School. Right. I don't know if he actually taught Pete Maravich. Okay. But he did teach at Broughton while Pete Maravich was, was there. The... Okay. So there's another little hint, you know. Okay. You... 
So, I mean, now I'm thinking it's he's a local uh, North Carolina. I mean, he didn't coach at Chapel Hill. Um, no. So I'm going to go with like oh, – I, I have no idea. Uh, maybe let's go – let's go Wake Forest, um, UNC Charlotte, and I don't know, Wing It? I don't know. No. no None of those. Okay, so LSU, correct. Clemson, coached at Clemson. Okay. Coached at NC State. That was the one that I thought you would get just based off Broughton. Okay. And then, who knew? He coached at Appalachian State. Wow. Who knew? I guess you did. I did know because I looked it up, but. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, I, I got to up my skills. I feel like I, I failed you, Sam. Um, no, you know, man. I, it was a pretty, it was a pretty niche question that I I'm wouldn't have he, even asked had he not coached at that state. Final record six and thirty-one at that state. So that is, uh, that's that's why he got fired. Well, yeah, that's gonna do it. For this episode of Corey Lowry on this day, January the 24th, 2024. And you must...